Hi, and welcome to a special edition of The Social Angle, an ASI media podcast that helps promotional products professionals gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm Digital Content Director Vinny Driscoll, and today I'm joined by aspiring author and motivational influencer Samantha Demers to discuss how you can take the leap from being an observer to a creator on social media. In this recorded live discussion from Twitter Spaces, Demers and I discuss everything from how stage fright and imposter syndrome plays into the fear, tips on how to create great content, and much more. If you're looking to overcome your fears and stand out as a creator, then this podcast is for you. So hello, everyone, and welcome to today's promo space. I'm your host, Vinny Driscoll. Uh, I'm the digital content director at ASI, and I'm excited to share the mic with aspiring author Sam Demers, currently writing The Creator's Guide to Overcoming Imposter Syndrome, as we discuss taking that leap from being a social media observer, as I like to call them, to a social media creator. Sam, welcome to the, to the promo space. Thanks, Vinny. I'm so happy to be here and share my thoughts with you. Absolutely. So before we get started, I want to encourage anyone who would like to join the conversation to hold it until the end. If you want to speak and you're on mobile, you should see a request mic button in the bottom left-hand corner of your app. Uh, when we finish our discussion, we should take about 30 minutes. But, you know, judging by the way you and I, Sam, were, were talking yesterday, this could go an hour. Uh, but we're going to save. we're certainly going to save time um, at the end for Q&A. Um, and for the record, I am recording this space. So it will be archived for next week's uh, podcast. I have a podcast that I post every week. And spaces are perfect to repurpose this podcast. Um, all right. So let's start this space, Sam. All right, so content creation, it, it's such a broad spectrum and can include so much in the digital realm. But for the sake of this conversation, we're going to talk about you know, mainly the creation of social content. So can you give me your definition of what a social media creator is? Yeah, you know, there's I, I don't know how long this term creator has been around. I, I don't remember really hearing it that much before, maybe a year or two. And since I started writing on Twitter and now host spaces and, and I'm exploring different avenues, I really resonate with the word creator because it gives me the freedom to, to share on social media in whatever way that feels right. So whether that's speaking or creating videos or if you're a kind of person that wants to be on Instagram and post pictures, which I don't, I don't like selfies. So uh, I gravitated towards Twitter and felt welcome here because I didn't have to put up pictures of myself. So for me, the definition of a, a content creator or social creator is just someone that is either sharing their own ideas or uh, repurposing the content of others and sharing it with their own twist. And, you know, here's what I've learned from such and such an author. And it's sharing it in a space that's public so that, one, you could share your ideas. Two, you can get some feedback on you know, if those ideas resonate with others and sort of build the people and a group around you that are interested in the same thing and three maybe make a personal brand so that you have something something to sell or something to offer later on it could be from the beginning that's your objective or it could just be as you're going along creating content then you realize that there's something that people want to buy from you or want to work with you yeah that's a great definition so uh, you know i thought about this question um you know and to me you know i've gone from uh, an observer to becoming a creator and I'm going to give just a quick definition of what I think um, the difference is. So, so I think that a social media creator is someone who doesn't just promote others' content. And there are a lot of people out 
on social media who do that. You know, people, you know, social media managers who are just basically taking content and, you know, putting some sort of uh, boilerplate um, uh, verbiage around it and really kind of putting it out there on social media. Now, to me, I feel like the, the difference is a willingness to kind of add yourself to part of that story. So here's an example. Here's a quick example of what I think a content creator is or could be. So if you're retweeting somebody else's con content, you could just simply hit retweet. When you, when you quote that tweet, and you add your take on that piece of content, you are then becoming a creator. I, I Look, I've looked at the definitions of what a content creator is, and it, and it runs the spectrum here, right? You know, they say anybody who uses social media and promotes content, whether or not you're, you're retweeting, is a creator. I don't necessarily agree with that. I feel like people who are able to take that leap and to add themselves into the narrative, part of the story then become create creators you're adding yourself into that story and i think that's that's an important difference um you know and look people can define this in 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 so many different ways but when you when you take that leap into creation i feel like you're okay with you being part of that story and then that's really kind of the way i see uh content creation so let me ask you you know there's a fear of, of putting yourself out there on social media for everyone to see. And like I mentioned, I think great content creation is oftentimes the product of showing who you are, um, you know, your authentic side, um, you know, putting out candid posts, introducing you as an individual into the, into the narrative. Do you, Sam, have any tips on how to get past that fear so that people can start being creators and stop being observers? Yeah, I love that question because that's definitely something that stopped me for a long time. So for about four years, uh, I've had ideas. I've had half-written blog posts. I had book ideas. I had YouTube ideas and podcast ideas and things I would take notes on and, and sort of think about putting myself out there. But my fears and insecurities got the best of me, and I just didn't do anything at all. And so finally, this year in March, I joined Ship 30 for 30, which... Uh, is a cohort-based course. It's kind of a, a, a small group, which I guess now it's a bit bigger. It's a couple hundred people that usually participate. And uh, the whole idea is to write an essay for 30 days, to post it here on Twitter, and just publish every day for 30 days. At first, when I saw the offer, I was like, ah, you know, I could just do this on my own. I don't, I don't need anyone else. I could just post this and make my own writing and I don't have to pay anything. I'll just do it on my own. And then a day or two later, I was thinking about it and realized if I didn't do this for four years, um, I'm not going to get around to doing this. And so I realized that the only way to get past my fear was to actually do something. And what really helped me was having that group. So I had a few people around me that were doing the same thing. And then also the constraint of it being only for 30 days. So it wasn't a lifelong thing. Like, when I thought about if I did a YouTube channel or had a podcast or started a newsletter, to me, that's like, wow, this is like, I'm going to have to do that forever. I can't let people down. I'm going to have to do it every week. But doing these small, manageable things, um, like a 30-day thing for Ship 30 for 30, and then even when I posted Twitter spaces, I would find a co-host. So I had, again, somebody to do it with me, and I would say, you know, let's do this for three weeks. So for three weeks straight, we had to show up at the same day, the same time for one hour, host a space. 
And it kind of pushed me to get past my fears and insecurities, get better at what I was doing, and then also have an end date so that I can reevaluate. Do I still want to do this? Do I love it? Do I hate it? What parts do I like? What do I not like? And for example, with Ship 30 for 30, I'm really glad that I did all 30 days. I didn't miss any and I pushed through. It was really hard some days, but I did it. And I did not continue after. I have stayed on with Ship 30 as an alumni just to support new people coming in that are writing and stuff. But I didn't continue writing essays every day. But I did take those skills and say, you know, I do like creating and writing, but I would like to write them as threads. And I would only like to do it once or twice a week so that I created my new constraints and what felt good to me. But because I pushed through my fears by doing something for a set amount of time, I didn't really have time to think about my fears. I just had to put it out because I had that small commitment. And so for me, uh, and I'm super curious to hear how you've gotten over fears of posting and being in social media, um, having time constraints having it to be small and manageable and a little bit outside of my comfort zone is what's helped me to get past those fears. So let me ask you, Sam, what, what were you afraid of? Like, what was your fear? I was really afraid of people judging me. Uh, I was afraid that I would say something wrong. I was afraid that I, it wasn't good enough. I was afraid that I would say, like, I really like inspirational type things. And I thought that people might just be like, oh, she's just writing platitudes. Like, this is so boring. Everybody on Twitter does that. And I, I was just really afraid of what people would think. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I came to Twitter was because I had this really old account. I barely used it. I had 100 followers, but there were people that I connected with on Twitter years ago. And some of them were friends in real life, but I know they're not on Twitter. They're on the other platforms. And so it gave me the space to start somewhere where I didn't have to be as afraid of judgments, at least not from people in my real life. But um, I think that my biggest fears, even though it was fears of other people, it was a big part was my own inner critic and perfectionism, uh, my imposter syndrome of, well, who am I to write this? Like, I just worked for the government for a long time and then I quit my job and I do online marketing, but I don't want to talk about marketing here. I want to talk about my random ideas and the books that I read and the things that inspire me and personal growth. And I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a guru. So who am I to share this? So there was all those kind of fears of mostly my own self-doubt and unworthiness. I mean, that was well said, Sam. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, you know, and I think when I first started doing this, there was a lot of self-doubt. There was a lot of concern that people would judge me. Um, you know, and, and I do have a quick story that I want to tell you. The first time that I really um, had to get over that fear was, uh, this was in 2015. I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, my boss at the time, uh, Facebook Live was, was kicking in. And, and you know, the, the impact of Facebook Lives was, was obvious. They were pushing it. Um, doing Facebook Lives really showed the brand off because it was getting preferential treatment and feeds. So my boss said, Hey, I need you to, I, I need you to go live. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, I don't care what you do. Just go live. And I was so nervous because, you know, and this kind of transitions to one of my next questions about public speaking. Like I, I have a fear about public speaking. I always have, even though when I get up in front of a crowd, I, I look like I'm totally cool. Like, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you're such a great uh, public speaker. And I'm like, you have no idea how much anxiety I've had over this. So I've carried this all my life where, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who prepares, you know, uh, like all night prior, you know, during the week, I'm worried about being judged. How is this going to come across? 
And then finally my boss was like, just do it, just do it. So you know what I did? It was St. Patrick's Day. And what we did was I brought in a bunch of different styles of beer and we made, I brought in food coloring and we made green beer on a Facebook live. It, true story. And I didn't know what to expect with this conversation. Um, you know, like it was four of us. We were talking about green beer. We were sampling it. We were taking looks at it. It turned out to be to this, to this day, one of our most viewed Facebook lives, lots of engagement, lots of conversation. And I realized like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be judged, you know, like it, as long as I'm out there being authentic, being real um, and, you know, having a good time because social media, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of social media that um, is too serious. Uh, you know, people go to social media to, to get away, to have fun. And by doing that, I think it showed a human side to the brand that I represent. Um, and it, sh and it showcased me as a human um, and people got to know me. And from there, I, I was able to kind of take my, you know, my personality sort of knock down those walls that were around me and kind of showcase who I am. And, and I think that's difficult for a lot of people, um, which kind of segues to the next question about, you know, um, the correlation between people who are afraid to, to take that next step and become creators and uh, public, you know, having fears about doing public speaking. Do you think there's a strong correlation there? You know, I didn't think about it before, but I, I think that makes a lot of sense because I, I have um, always kind of pushed myself to, to be a public speaker and I have a lot of insecurities, but even when I was a teenager, I, I'm a kind of a strange person. So when I would hear that this is something that, you know, adults were afraid of or that they wish they could do, I was like, all right, then I'll try to do this. So I would, I took a few Toastmasters courses and practice, but I would still feel super nervous. And now that you, you've brought this correlation to my mind, I think that it makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's the same thing that we talked about, afraid of being judgment, afraid of not being ready enough and also not believing in ourselves. Um, and, and I think that a big part of that root cause is that uh, kind of like what I touched on earlier, we're taught to be perfectionists. It's reinforced that, you know, we need, a plus, we need good grades, we need a piece of paper in order to get a promotion. And as a creator, or as a, even doing something like you did for your bosses, like online social media, dual Facebook Live, there's no piece of paper that's going to say, hey, Vinny, you're ready to do a Facebook Live. Like even if you took a course and was like, here's how you turn on the camera, and here's how you speak in front of it, you're still not going to be ready. I could take a ton of courses on how to write tweets, I'm not going to be ready and I'm not going to be great at it until I actually tweet things because as much as I practice or read books about it or think about it or even whatever, it's, I'm not going to be ready ever. I'm going to just know a bit more, but it's really the act of doing that is going to push you past those fears. And, and it's like public speaking, you could think about your speech, but until you practice and just learn to take deep breaths to slow down, which obviously, as you can tell, I'm not that good of a slow speaker, <laughs> um, you know, to, to focus on one person in the crowd, to use your hands, to look natural. You don't get better at those things by thinking about it. You get better just by doing it. And I think there's very few people who are natural born public speaker types, but there's a lot of people that have become good public speakers because they've practiced. And so I think it's the same thing with social media. And Sam, you know, I think there is, or at least when I started doing um, Facebook Lives, there was, there was this feeling that I had to be perfect, and you touched upon that. You know, 
people don't gravitate to perfection. They don't gravitate to, to something being scripted. Social media is all about the ums and the uhs and, you know, your dog barking in the background. Um, it's authentic. You know, people really relate to that. And then what, if you're doing a Facebook Live and something happens where, you know, uh, you know we, we all work from home. I mean, not all of us, but, you know, in the last year we, we've had to do that. We've had kids barge in on Facebook Lives. You know, it's that to me shows, you know, everyone that that is going through the same thing. It's like we can all appreciate that. We can all understand that we're going through the same thing. And for for you to go through that, for for you know us to understand that, you know, like this is this is how we are. This is this is how real life is. The scripted part of it, like I look at the scripted polished videos now i almost look at them like they're ads you know when somebody posts something that's really polished really well done i almost think like you know to me i want to see i want to see the nitty-gritty i want to see i want to hear the ums and the us and like i have a ton of ums and us and i've been doing that and i judge myself on it but you know what in retrospect i'm like it's okay because everyone else does it so sam sorry about that um that's okay so let, I mean, we have a bunch of people who are requesting the mic. I just want to let everyone know that we have a few more questions and then we will get um, you up with your comments or questions in about 15 minutes. Sam, let's talk about the book that you're writing. You're, book, you're writing a book about imposter syndrome um, and you're a big proponent about overcoming it. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how you overcame it? Yeah, you know, writing this book about imposter syndrome was kind of a, uh, almost a fluke. I was just kind of, writing it under the radar. Somebody asked me to do a 30 day challenge back in August to write a book. And I thought, well, this will be simple. Uh, You know, I've I've kind of dealt with imposter syndrome. I'll write a quick, small ebook. And as I was writing it, I I didn't put anything in my bio or anything. I started to answer some questions or uh, in comments on, on tweets or send out short tweets about imposter syndrome. And people resonated with it so much that I was finally brave enough to be like, I put it in my bio about writing about imposter syndrome. And ever since then, people ask me about it a lot. And it's, so it's helped refine my thinking and then also realize this is something that I, I care about so much since I had so much imposter syndrome. Um, so the interesting thing with imposter syndrome that I've seen in my life, and I, it seems to be in a lot of people, that there's kind of two different kinds. So there's the imposter syndrome of at the beginning that you're really afraid to start because you feel like an imposter and you don't belong. And then there's another kind of imposter syndrome, which is you've been doing a job or something for a super long time and you still feel like an imposter. So mostly what I am dealing with in my book is that first type, which is um, you're afraid to start creating, you're uh, holding yourself back, you're, you have that perfectionism or procrastination or you think, oh, one day I'll be brave enough to do this. So there's a lot of these fears kind of tied up with that imposter syndrome. Um, You're also comparing yourself against others and thinking that you can't compete. And in some ways you're comparing yourself saying, well, if I did it, it would be better, but you know, I just, I don't have the time or, you know, and and then when you do try to do it, you're still comparing yourself to someone else. And then you think, oh, wow, it really is harder than I thought. And there's just all these things. So it's basically this big mental block and a whole bunch of fears, a whole bunch of stopping yourself. uh, That's, that's holding you back from doing what you want. I think that a lot of adults struggle with imposter syndrome, especially if if you're starting to be an online creator in your 30s or 40s. You're not doing a lot of new things at that point in your life. Like when you're younger, you're 
going a lot of first dates, you're getting a lot of new jobs, you're moving to new cities and moving to a new house. And each of those things brings up a type of fear or stress, but you keep pushing through them because that's life. But then the longer that you're comfortable in, in your job or in your relationship or in the house you live in and you have your routines, doing something so strange and different, like starting to create online, starting to host Twitter spaces or start a podcast or do a YouTube channel, create TikToks or any of these things, you feel like an imposter because it's not what you've done your whole life. That it's something so new that who are you to go and do this and share your ideas and you're not just posting pictures of your kids anymore. Um, and the only way that I've overcome it is just by starting to do something. And like I kind of uh, was sharing earlier, doing these small manageable goals. And so I didn't do everything at first. I would just do, you know, just write 30 essays for 30 days. And then I stopped doing that, but I had space to do Twitter spaces. And so I said I would do three weeks in a row or six weeks in a row. And then over time, I've added little bits and pieces to it. And each time I have, I've realized that it's easier to push through the fears of imposter syndrome. And also, I feel nervous and... Um, stressed about doing any of these things, the writing, even writing simple tweets or hosting Twitter spaces, usually for about 20 or 30 of them, I still feel kind of nervous around 20 or 30. I, I feel a little bit better, but I still have a bit of stress. And it's really around 50 or 60 that I start to feel like, oh, okay, I think I know what I'm doing. And I can continue doing this, which I thought that it would be like after two or three or five or six that I would feel better, but it's taken a lot more. And it's interesting that in myself, I've observed that even when I was just writing tweets and I did the tweet 100 challenge where you just write one tweet per day, because I, I was really not good at just writing single tweets, but it took until 50 or 60 before I felt confident. And like, I could write a tweet and I know what I'm doing. I thought that I would be okay after 10, but it takes a lot longer than you think, but eventually it does get easier and easier until it kind of feels natural. It's not so easy that it's not hard. It's still writing and I got to tap into my creativity and come up with an idea, but the fears and all those other things associated with it are definitely toned down now. Yeah. You said a mouthful there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot there to unpack, but you know, I do like the fact that you talk about, um, not feeling good enough. Like you, you feel like you aren't good enough to do, you know, social media. And I, and I really think that is where a lot of people are at, you know, that, that, you know, social media has been around for what, you know, 2007, 2008, whatever it was when business really started ramping up on Facebook, you know, where people were now, you know, had the ability to create uh, for brands and it became like, okay, well, I don't know if I'm, I'm doing this right in, in the years since we still have a lot of people who are really, you know, they know their brand really well. You know, it's their business. It's, it's something they've been doing all their life, but now they jump into social media where it's like, I don't know what, I don't know if I'm doing this right, but if it's your business and you know, your business jumping into social media should be a, a, a you know, a natural extension of your business. And, to be able to get past that, like you say, the imposter syndrome, the feeling that, hey, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I'm going to be judged for this. Like once you start doing it and you continue to do it over and over and over, you're going to get to the point where it's, it, it's not difficult anymore. But like you said, Sam, it didn't take 
just 10 tweets to get over that for me. I, I've been tweeting for the, this company for, for 12 years, uh, maybe 13 years, uh, almost 40,000 tweets. And there are times when I second guess a tweet. I'm like, is this the right, should I, should I tweet this? Or should I put myself out there? I want to do a video of myself talking about X, you know, am I a subject matter expert in this? I don't know. Should, should I be leaving this up to somebody else? And that's, you know, eventually I got to the point where I just said, just do it, see what happens. And then after a while, you start to notice that people are starting to engage. Like for instance, promo spaces. I started a promo space um, in April and you know who attended my first four or six promo spaces? My colleagues, that those are the only people that would join me in these spaces. And, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt there. I was like, this isn't working. This, you know, but I, I kept going. I kept going. And then eventually I got to the point where the spaces became consistent, you know, every Friday at one o'clock. And I tried, I tried to bring to the table topics that mattered to not only people on Twitter, but people in my industry. Um, sometimes they, you know, both. Sometimes it's just social media. But you know what? After a while, I started to see the reward, and it takes a little bit of time. So, Sam, I got to ask you about something that you have pinned to your uh, your Twitter profile, um, and you tweeted it out a few months ago. And this is how you and I became friends because I saw this tweet. Um, you wrote that your account grew by nearly like twenty five hundred percent in less than a year because you started creating and sharing ideas with the world. Can you give us a brief explanation of what you did and how you were able to grow that account? And that, and I'm going to share that, that tweet in the nest. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I, I feel is remarkable. And this is something that, that helped me gravitate to you, Sam. And then once I saw that tweet, I was like, this is exactly what we need more of in Twitter. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I just, I just started creating stuff and sharing it. And um, part of that was that uh, you kind of just touched on as well about, you know, just sending out a tweet and see what happens. I kind of decided to just experiment, to just write threads, to write tweets, to host spaces and see what topics do I like, what resonates with people and just keep doing it again and again. And also like you were sharing about doing this promo space, whenever I've made a commitment to do a space with someone, I, um, I decided that I would do the same date and same time for however many weeks we'd agreed that we would do it. I always had a co-host so that it was easier and we could bring each other's um, audience into the space. And then also I'd have someone to talk to so I wouldn't just be there alone talking to nobody. And it could help keep my conversation on track and then also um i started interacting with people and i've hear this about all platforms that you need to interact and write comments uh, i don't have that much experience on other platforms doing it but i'm pretty sure it works because i've always heard that and it definitely works here on twitter that um you know i have my friend kirsten who's here listening and so if i go and comment on one of her tweets then it just it helps the algorithm to know that you're interacting and you're active on the algorithm. You're not just looking and reading things, but you're interacting and, and contributing. And then also the people that read Kirsten's tweets or, you know, Kirsten herself, when she goes and looks, uh, she could comment back to me and it just creates a community with people. And I think having that community aspect has really helped to keep me on this platform because I've connected with others. 
I'm sure that also having spaces helps a lot because I could hear people's voices and it, it allows a whole other level of connection. Um, so the things that I've done is just, you know, following these people, interacting with them, speaking in spaces really helped to grow my following in my Twitter. I use DMs a lot to connect with people, to, to chat with them, to, to see what they're working on, how they're doing. Uh, at first, I didn't have open DMs. And I heard some people say like, oh, don't, don't open your DMs. You might get weird messages. I've gotten one or two, but I really think it's worthwhile to have open DMs. And if somebody really is difficult, you can report them or block them. It's not a huge deal, but it's really nice that even if someone's not following me or I'm not following them, that we can interact and, and share ideas with each other. And then also, I think the biggest thing is that I just, I didn't give up. I just kept creating things and also trying them at my own pace. I didn't start out in March hosting spaces, writing threads, writing tweets every day, that would be way too much for me. I would be overwhelmed and I would give up. And so with anything that I've done, I've just added it on one thing at a time when it felt natural. Um, and even with like sending out tweets, I only started that in mid-August. So I was on Twitter for a long time, sending out maybe the occasional tweet, but I was super afraid and so I didn't do it that often. But I had gotten pretty good at doing threads because I felt like, okay, I could explain my whole idea and you know, that'll give ch people a chance to understand my thinking and my process because I was a little bit more afraid of, of writing just a tweet where I have to be more assertive with my idea. But the whole point is that I just did small things and I did it as an experiment so that it wasn't forever, but I also didn't give up and I gave myself enough time to practice something so that I could see if it would work and if I enjoyed it. So for anyone who wants to see uh, Sam's thread that she was... Um just referencing, and we, I started that question with, it's up in the nest, which is right up right up at the top of your app. Um, you can click on that and check out Sam's uh, thread. Now, I love threads. I think threads have become one of the, the better ways on Twitter to really kind of promote, um, you know, an idea that's more than, you know, 280 characters. Uh, you know, it's almost like a stream of consciousness. It really kind of showcases something that you have to say that you know may have been you know suited for maybe a longer blog post but now that you can add tweets you know two tweets you can really just kind of it's almost like a brain dump and you can you you can really you know get a lot of people interested in your in what you have to say by creating threads um and that's like, like i said that's how i discovered you i saw the thread your thread got a ton of engagement and that's how i saw it somebody that i that you were friends with and I was friends with had shared it. And I saw it and I said, Oh wow, this is, this is the kind of stuff that will help you, you know, network. It'll help you grow your following. It's going to help you, um, you know, with a, a great example of, of what a, a creator does. And it's, it's really amazing. Everyone click on that. When you have a chance, click on um, Sam's thread at the top here. Um, I'm going to invite people to request the mic now. Um, Sam, I have a, a question or two um, before we get to some of the, um, the comments. So what are some of the do's and don'ts when creating content on social media? And, and it doesn't have to be just for Twitter. Uh, what are some of your uh, recommendations? I think that you need to know what you're about. And so there's some people that will not talk about their religion or their politics at all. And some people that won't talk or share pictures of their kids. 
and other people that their whole account is about their beliefs or their political leanings or about their their kids and their family. So I think what's really important about the do's and don'ts is really to know what are your boundaries? What do you feel comfortable sharing? Um, and then, you know, after that, the do's and don'ts are whatever platform you're using, just check what the best accounts are doing. See, you know, here on Twitter, for example, look at how do people write threads? How do they make you go from one tweet to the next to keep wanting to read? And if you're on Instagram, some people write big, long comments that are all in one block. But some of the better accounts that have more following, they break them up. Uh, and I know that they're, I'm not sure if the algorithm there makes it easier to, to break them up or if you have to put in some special tools to do it. But just Google how to do it the best and learn what style you like, how you want to share. I think that that's super important about any of the, the social media platform that you're deciding to use is to one, know your boundary, see what the best accounts are doing and see how you can incorporate their formatting and to make things more visually appealing for that particular platform. And then also just set small goals for yourself that you can keep. So don't create a big goal if that's going to be way too much. My goal on Twitter is to be here for a long time. But I'm not saying to myself every day, I'm going to stay on Twitter for 10 years and I'm going to grow to 100,000 followers. Maybe I will. And that would be cool. But for now, I just I have small goals. I have I'm just going to continue hosting spaces and see how that goes. I'm going to continue writing tweets and sharing my ideas and sharing ideas in spaces. So I think that those are the most important things for me for do's and don'ts uh, about creating on social media. Well said. Um, you know, I have a couple of points like, uh, you know, we touched upon this a little bit. Uh, consistency. You know, you want to be consistent in, you know, in your messaging. Um, you know, look, there are people on Twitter who are active, you know, around the clock. And I get it. You know, for them, they can be active whenever they want. But, you know, when I talk about businesses, uh, you know, and brands, you know, be active. Try to be active at the same times. You know, I know I'm most active Monday through Friday, you know between nine and five. And I know I get the most interaction when I post something on the weekend or in the evening. Yeah. I, maybe I get interactions from, from people outside the, you know, my, my normal network. Uh, but these aren't the people that I'm really trying to, to hit with my messages. So consistency, I always feel like it, it is, is very important. Um, don't just post, but join conversations. I, I can't stress that enough. You know, like people, you know, and, and I feel bad for the people who just, they jump on the social media, they have no idea how it works. And what they do is they're just promoting themselves, promoting themselves, hard selling, um, buy, buy, buy. And it, it just doesn't work. You know, that's not how relationships are built. That's not how social media works. You know, join the conversations, get in, find the conversations that are meaningful to you and get in there and, and, and talk with others. You know, that's what, that's what social media is. It's social, you know, find commonalities, find common ground, talk about the things that, you know, are of interest, you know, may not have anything to do with business, strike up a relationship. That's, that is the, that is the part of social media for business I think is, is most important. And also be transparent, be funny. Like social media is, it's an escape for many people. They don't go to social media to, to, to see business. They go there to, to escape business sometimes. And if you can give them something to laugh at, um, show your human side. To me, I think that that adds incredible value, even though 
when I first started, I didn't think so. I was like, who wants to see me making green beer? But then I was like, you know what? There are people out there who, who want to see me make green beer. So, you know, those are important. I think some of the don'ts, like if you're, if you're, you know, doing social media on behalf of a brand, don't veer from your brand values. Uh, we talked politics and religion. And to me, I feel like, look, there's a time and place for that. If, if you're somebody who, you know, has a personal brand and you're very vocal in, you know, politics or religion, you keep doing that. But if you're a social media manager for a brand, you know, politics, religion, stay out of that. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a tried and true, you know, part of conversations. Um, you know, it's like, you don't want to cause any trouble. You don't want to get the brand in any, um, you know, PR firestorm. Um, so, yeah, other than that, you know, I, I think just getting past the self-doubt, I think, is the most important thing. And then that'll help you jump into social media with a clear mind. And, and don't worry, like, will there be haters? You know what? It's funny, Sam, in, in, the, in all the years I've been doing this, I have not had anybody who judged me in a way that was I thought was unfair um, you know, and I've been doing this a long time, you know, as long as you're, you're approaching it authentically and you're having a good time, I don't think anyone's going to judge you. All right. So we have some speakers here. Um, I believe Rax was first. Rax, how are you? Hello. Hello, Vinny. Hello, Sam. Hello, everyone from London. Um, thank you so much for this discussion. I'm so happy I, I, I discovered it. Um, and everything that's been said, I think, is just resonates with me. It was a 1,000%. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of um, pick on something, Samantha, you said right at the start, I think, um, when, when, when you were asked kind of about the term uh creator social media creator um it, it's a phrase that again it's it's come out of i don't know where and it's become used more and more and i'm so happy that that phrase exists because i had a massive problem with this term influencer that um i think it's a really ugly term i think uh um, it's been overused and i think we we've gone through this phase of the social media influencer where the focus was about the ego was about them um whereas as a creator it kind of really more talks about an expression rather than an ego and it, it gives value to to what what you're doing what you're putting out there um i work in social media marketing and what brands have done for a very very long time and teach them how to use different social tools but the, the phrase i don't know if, if you guys remember the phrase user generated content that, that was again used to death um that that phrase for me it, it suggested that there was an inferiority if you weren't a professional brand putting out stuff if it's user generated it's kind of like second tier it was quite generic um, and i think we're in a very very different place and the, the best thing about hearing both of you talking right now for me personally is to hear you samantha talking still about your fear you're you still you're still nervous that imposter syndrome, which I can't wait to read your book because I'm sure it was written just just for me after what you said. Um, just hearing that, even Vinny, hearing you talk about your your fear of public speaking, um, I listen to many people online, um, on, video, on YouTube, on Twitter spaces, and they seem really confident. They seem really, really polished. And I guess some of that fear comes from, well, I can't do that. 
but just hearing you both talk about that fear and how it's still very real um, is really helpful. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and just one more thing I'll add, sorry, I'm waffling on, but I, I, I just one more thing I think really, really resonated with me was what you were saying um, at the end about the value of conversation. And I think for me, social is really about that word. We, we've obsessed for the last five years about this content is king, the C word, everything else about content. And what I like about this term creator is it, it's, it's not necessarily about the content, it's about conversation. And that for me is always the key goal and content helps bring that alive, sure. But I don't have to be a polished video editor or a great Instagram photographer to contribute. It's about having those conversations. Um, and um, again, thank you. Thank you so much for, um, I'm definitely going to be tuning into to regular um, promo space uh, episodes, but thank you for everything you said. I'm really looking forward to reading, reading your book. Um, but that's it from me. Thank you so much, Rax. I mean, that was that's a great comment. Um, you know, and to this day, like right now, like I'm sweating. Like you know, I I'm nervous. You know, every Friday around noon, I'm 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 getting nervous. Like I, I can I can feel myself starting to sweat, and I'm like, I gotta I gotta like prepare for this space. I've done it so many times, and I still get nervous. You know, there's still this self doubt that, you know, I'm not going to, you know do this correctly. I'm going to mess up or, and you know what? I continue to do it. You know, when I'm done the space and I've, and I've said this for the last couple of months, the spaces now are sort of reinforcing, you know, the positivity because I see how many people are in there. Even when there's not a lot of people, when there's, when there's people grabbing the mic and contributing like you just did, it really kind of makes, it makes my day. And I'm like, this is why, I do this. This is this is this is going to carry me through the weekend into the next space. I, I'm going to feel good about it, um, you know. And this is th this is this is why I got into this because I know there are people out there just like me who feel this way. And I used to freak out like, am I, is there something wrong with me? Why am I so nervous when when I had to to do public speaking? And then I realized mm -hmm. when I talked to other people, so I would say that it's the rule that most people are afraid to get in front of others and speak even virtually, even when there's no video, it's like, you're nervous. I see all these like little icons in the room and I'm well, like, well, can, can I just add one thing on, on? Sure. Are you there, Rax? Sam, can you hear Rax? No, yeah, I don't. I, I, oh, there, there, now he's back. Okay. So, so, well, what I just would add is I, th I think that, if you haven't got that fear, those nerves, if you stop getting them, um, I guess maybe look for something else to do. I think, you know, it just shows that you care and it shows that you're passionate and it shows that you want to give your best. So, you know, don't, uh, for me, th those fears, those nerves always need to be there. And, you know, once you get through it, you get that rush. But, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for feeling nervous. I always feel nervous. <laughs> All right, Sam, do you, do you have anything to stress? Yeah, I just wanted to say something that you said, Vinny, which is because of what something that Rax said, which is um, being an example to other people. And so for me, I have two daughters. They're 
14 and the other one's going to be 13 this month. Um, and four years ago, I quit my job. I had a really great job with the government of Canada. I worked for the House of Commons. I had invested 11 or 12 years of my life. I started young, so I was going to be able to retire with a really great pension and really great benefits. But I wanted to do something else with my life. I wanted to try to do something else. And I was so afraid to do it until I thought about if my kids came to me and said, Mom, I have this job. It's really great, but I want to do something different. Of course, I would tell my kids, yeah, sure, you could do it. You should quit your job. You could always go get a job again or do whatever you want. It's not the end of the world. But I was so scared for myself to do it and to give myself the permission to do it that it was really a catalyst for me to think about if I wouldn't do it myself, how could I tell my kids that they should do that? And so I feel the same way now here on Twitter and being a creator that I can do it and I can do these hard things. Um, my kids are pretty good now. Like on social media, they create TikToks and they're in a whole different generation that's okay with putting themselves out there. But there's a lot of people like me that are millennials that haven't been creating or you know want to switch careers or do something different. And so having this thing of, well, I'll do the hard thing. And even though it's hard for me, at least maybe I'll be an example or an inspiration for someone else. That kind of also helps me get through my fears so that, well, let me just see how I can do it. And then if I can, I can at least tell someone in a DM or on a comment or even in person, if I meet them that, you know, you could do it. It's not that hard. Um, that really helps me to push through sometimes. You, you and I could probably have a, a separate space about raising teenage girls because I've got one myself and it can be challenging especially with the social media and the TikToks but again Rax thank you for that comment um I believe Kieran is next Kieran how you doing um hi before me I think that was Jeremy if Jeremy want to speak something so I would allow him to go, just go and then uh after that I'll just you know continue speaking Jeremy, you want to go first, or shall I start speaking? La ladies first. Go Is that fine? Yeah, I think Jer Jeremy's can... fine with you going, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Okay, thank you so much. First of all, please, please just avoid the background noise. It's because my part just being so active, and he is also like a tarot box. And he has just become active and speaking a lot. So please avoid that. Uh, other than that, like, <laughs> I, I would like to introduce myself, first of all. Um, I'm a YouTuber and uh, like, you know, I'm a writer, write po poetry and quotes and story shorts. Story. Now, uh, I would like to share my story, first of all, like, you know, before starting my YouTubing and stuff like that. I was just like a, you know, teacher, a former teacher I am, and I used to teach only. When I just came here in this country, I had nothing to do. And I thought, okay, why should I start with something rather than just sit idle at home? And what I did, like, you know, I just went to YouTube and started, you know, how to start um, making videos and how to start writing and stuff like that. So, like, you know, I want to say, like, my imposter syndrome was there with me since beginning. But before that, I want to say that, of course, I had that much passion. I had that much interest in my, my, my things, my profession, my field, that I never, ever get, uh, got nervous. In the sense, because, like, you know, suppose um, 
I always just try to overcome my, you know, my, my imposter syndrome. And uh, the reason was like, because I was passionate. You know, one thing I would like to share here that you would always, always be judged by other people. I never did care of being judged by people because of my imposter syndrome was just, you know, related to me that how am I performing? Am I satisfying myself in the sense in the particular area where I'm just performing or where I'm just, you know, uh, contributing myself. So I never ever did care other people what do they think about but i always did care that how am i performing am i satisfying myself to just you know promoting and producing the way i wanted to do that so it's always just like a battle with me not with other people other than that i just wanted to say like you know uh fear emotions that is the natural phenomena the more you just you know go get into as i just heard you the host things like you know every single time you'd be doing more and more but that you know butterflies in your stomach would be always uh, you know just coming up in there and when you just want to declare something normally people they think okay now that you know that's a, that's such an amazing public speaker he just come up there on the stage and he's quite experienced and with his experience and expertise he would just come up and would give the speech but at the back of the end you know at the back side you wouldn't know you wouldn't judge that the way he has practiced a lot a lot more years he has just mispronounced you know uh, to make him just come up in that stage that where he can just deliver his speech so i would always say like you know just keep on battling with your fear with your uh, with, with with your nervousness and that's the natural phenomena you have to just deal with it every single time but keep on continuing with your passion keep on continuing with your interest keep on continuing to learn more and that's only one thing which is which, which you know let you fight always and always that is your confidence so just trust in yourself building yourself always just be confident whatever you want to do and you would deliver your best you know i believe it and i would just you know say to other people as well say i'm like do whatever you want to do just don't wait for the next day or just don't wait for tomorrow start from right there and do whatever you want to do i'm like just believe in yourself i wanted to say something like that only uh but then i don't more points after that this uh, actually you know there's a bit distraction at the back side as you, you guys keep hearing that my parrot is so much active so he wouldn't let me speak is because he's active now so i'm just muting up my mic <laughs> and uh, i would like us other speakers to speak up thank you karen i'm i'm actually sitting here laughing i, I couldn't help it that, that parrot that parrot needs its own space um that was that was funny but i did get the gist of what you were saying and i really like what you said about um you're really passionate when you're passionate about a topic and my industry is um a lot of small business owners and they know their businesses inside and out. They have, they are the expert. They are the expert. So to me, I feel like the transition from being the expert in what you do to social media should be easy because this is something that you do. This is something that you've been doing for, you know, for a lot of people, it's been a long time. It should be a natural transition. If you have the passion, you have the, the knowledge that transition to social media should be seamless. It's not because of the self-doubt, the, the problems, understanding the technology, um, the, the feeling that you don't belong, you know, because it's, it's newfangled technology. It's something that you may not have grown up with. It's something for the younger kids. You know, that's kind of where a lot of people, my industry, my industry skews older, and that's the mindset. Like social media is not for me. 
And you know what they do? They put it in the hands of the 22-year-old social media um, marketer or the intern or somebody like that who doesn't know the business. They may know the social media, but they don't know the business, and that's not going to work either. Like I, I try to really push, hey, look, if you have the time, you're the social media expert, you're the one that should be doing social media. That is that I think, you know, once you get over that hump, you're going to realize that you're going to get results. All right, Jeremy, I'm so sorry. Um, if you were before Kieran, I apologize. Um, but I did see Kieran earlier in this conversation. I think she wanted to, to jump up on the mic. But Jeremy, what's going on, man? Hey, man, no worries. Um, it's Friday, so I'm trying to keep it chill. Uh, thanks, Vin, for putting this together. It's a great topic today. Uh, Sam, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your your struggles and the, the problems you had to overcome. I was in that s- spot and I feel like I still am in a way, you know, like I have all, not always, the last 10 years, you know, I wanted to, to share content. I wanted to build YouTube videos, you know, with content in my industry. And I think, you know, my, my self-esteem, my lack of confidence really was the main reason I didn't pursue it. You know, I, I look back at old YouTube videos that I, I started in 2011, 2012, and, you know, just trying to learn that space. And it just, you know, I made three and then it died. Obviously, life gets busy, but, you know, I think the hardest part and, you know, on the journey that I'm trying to be in is, is one, the consistency. I have a hard time being uh, disciplined as far as time and schedule in my, my whole life. You know, the business is uh, really crazy and I'm always, you know, I kind of get the day controls me most of the time. Um, You know, I'm a, I'm a creative. So like, I like to multitask. I like to have my, my brain in all different environments. And I know there's a downside to that, but you know, I think two years ago, I finally was tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired of not posting. And, you know, it really, what's funny is I'm pretty vocal and opinionated about my industry and, you know, me and Vin are in this similar industry. And I started my journey just guest writing and industry articles, you know, it was, it was all in text form, it was all in visuals. And that was a great way for me to go from not sharing anything to actually taking that step. And, you know, the the articles I was writing got some good traction. And from there, it led to to podcasts and, um, you know, to different industry events. And now I have my first in-person speaking event uh, for a big industry conference we're having in, in January. And, you know, I'm deathly afraid, like Vinny said it, I, I have butterflies and it's still two months away. Um, but, you know, I, I know I need to push myself to do that in order to, get to the goals that, you know, I want to share the content, to be consistent, to, to have a YouTube uh, channel. You know, I don't, I don't care about followers so much. I, I, 
I really want it. Obviously that's, you know, if you're talking to no one, <laughs> you're wasting a lot of time, but you know, a lot of it is for me to get what's in my head, my experience, my, my philosophy and get it out. You know, I can't delegate or I can't help people if it's all up in my head. And so that's been a good journey for me, but you know, the confident thing, like the last few months, I, I had a death in the family and I just, I had no inspiration. Like, even though I'm still opinionated and I still have a lot to say, I just had no drive to, to post on social media and take that time. And, you know, I think, I think the reason I don't give up cause it's not going to hurt me in my career. If I just stop sharing content, you know, I think I'll be fine, but I, I'm this small little guy with small as in my business, um, that I have all these, these ideas that I think are big and I have big visions, but I'm not doing the world any good by keeping it in my small circle. So, you know, part of me and my journey, I thought my content was going to be for like the end consumer, the buyer. It turns out people in my own industry have been gravitating towards the content. So I kind of shifted to be more industry focused to say my goal in life is to help people make better merchandise and I can't service everybody. So if I can help my peers or competitors or whatever, help their clients make better merchandise and keep out of landfills and in thrift stores, then my life goal is fulfilled. And so, you know, keeping that in mind, every time I, I say yes to something, even though like Vinny said, like, I'm a procrastinator and I was that way through school, but I'm starting to embrace that. Like I used to be really hard on myself for, for not being disciplined or not starting a month ahead. You know, I'm really good at crunch time. And so I'm trying to embrace that. And how can I minimize stress, but also have that urgency to where that's when I come up with my best stuff. And so, you know, the butterflies, I don't think, I think it is that passion is like, I don't think I'm ever like, I'm always critical, the ums and the ands. And, and so, you know, like I, I, I see that every time I watch a video and I cringe, but you're never going to get better if you don't, you know, self-evaluate and, and get out there and try. And so I think anyone here that's listening that, you know, is passionate about sharing or, you know, has a voice that they want people to hear it's going to take years. It's not going to be this, Oh, I'm going to get a thousand followers overnight. You know, I'm, I'm a few years into it as far as my public journey. And, you know, I still don't have a big following, but it's not stopping me. Like I, I, I just want to say it one, it helps me to, to refine my ideas, but also if it helps that one or two people, then, you know, it's worth it. Cause it does no one any good if I die tomorrow and, all that experience and that knowledge and that help is not, is not passed on for other people to benefit from. So thanks Sam um, for doing that. You know, it, it's, it's encouraging uh, to, to see someone else that it's working for. So I appreciate that. And then Kieran, you just confirmed I'm never going to buy a parrot in my life. Thank you for that. Oh, Jeremy, thank you so much. You're, you're always, you know, you always, are so eloquent in, in, in getting your thoughts out. I know you, I know you're a creator. Um, you know, I have, I know we only have a couple minutes left, but I do have some thoughts for y'all. I'll share w with you offline in terms of creation, but I wanted to 
make sure that we got into Indra's question. Um, thanks again, Jeremy. Indra, how are you? Hi, Vinny. Um, I'm great. Thank you. Feeling blessed. And hello to my buddy, uh, Samantha. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, um, um, I guess, jump in. Jeremy mentioned a lot of things, and so did Kieran. Um, and uh, I, I want to be time efficient, so I'm, I'm not going to take up too, too much time of everybody else's. But hey, everybody else uh, listening, um, I've, I just want to share my quick journey um, transformation. Um, being um, in the film and television industry as a producer, uh, I always had something to promote. You know, it was something else. Um, and then, um, you know, because things changed last year, um, I reflected on something that I had always wanted to be doing, which was create a, um, a show which is all about positive vibes and a lifestyle. And But the, the difference was is that... Um, you know, the focus was about me sharing my knowledge and my journey. Now, since 12 years old, my parents always giving me these self-improvement development books. So there is a shift and there was a shift with the perception of people that knew me. And um, so I started up my YouTube channel and it was slow at first and it's only been just over four months. And that's why I'm kind of crossing over areas that Jeremy mentioned and Kieran. Um, and the thing is that you just have to mute all the sounds around you because some people are just not used to seeing you in that light. And when you're putting yourself out there, I mean, really boldly, um, you know, all my social media posts and, you know, I'm across Instagram, um, Facebook, and I have a Facebook page and I'm, I'm and then I have my Twitter. People are not used to this type of content. So for me, and the thing is that you have to kind of just say, okay, well, I'm not going to listen to anything unless it's positive and be really selective um, because a lot of people, and they won't, they won't even like your stuff, but you'll see the traffic is all going to YouTube, um, which is really funny from all these different, um, you know, various platforms. So everybody is looking at your stuff. Just know that and they're following it. And, um, but they may not, for whatever reason, they can't get used to you in a different framework, um, putting yourself out there like that, being open. And that's a change and a process that, you know, you have gone through. And I know Samantha has also been putting herself out there and that's been exciting to hear that journey as well. So I just wanted to share that, that no matter, you know, just don't worry about everybody because they're going to judge you. This is just how humans are. But we have to, our self-belief has to be so much stronger than anything else that's going on. We really have to resonate from within and, and also touch within our self-worth. And if your self-worth is so strong that, you know, you build everything together that you want to put out there and you do some preparation before you make that really bold move and then you just head out there and be bold and be you. Indra, that, that's a definitely a great comment. And you know what, I want to bring up that um, the negativity on YouTube is, is bad enough and everyone knows about how it can be. Um, and YouTube just announced that they're going to get rid of the down, the down arrow, like, or the down thumbs, the thumbs down, 
which I think is going to reduce the amount of negativity on the network. Um, you know, I, I feel like that it's so unnecessary. I know that uh, Facebook had sort of gone in that direction of, of having a thumbs down, but, you know, certainly the toxicity on Facebook is already there. Do they need a thumbs down? Um, no, they got rid of that. Um, they do have the, the angry face, but I think the angry face can denote, um, you know, a, a different feeling than the thumbs. Thumbs down is like this. This sucks. You know, that to me is like no good. Uh, and YouTube is getting rid of that. And I and I feel like that is a step in the right direction um, to helping people take on that creation um, platform, because who wants to jump into a platform like YouTube when staring them in the face is this thumb up and thumb down like that's the first thing you see and it's like i do videos you know the, pod, the podcast that i do um that i record um i put into youtube when i see a thumb down i'm like what you know i'm like what the hell like why did i get a thumbs down on this and it's demotivating uh so they're getting rid of that um sam i know i've been talking a lot uh, do, did you want to jump in and address um inda or did i get your indra or jeremy no, I just want to thank uh, both Indra and Jeremy and Kieran and earlier uh, Rax for sharing their journeys and the things they're going through. Jeremy, I would go to your event just to be able to support you and sit in the crowd and cheer you on. <laughs> and uh, I'd also encourage you, since you are here on Twitter, like to host some spaces and practice your message and, and what you want to share at the conference. I know you do YouTube videos, but this might help you practice in public a little bit and just share ideas. And you could like title your space around what you'll be talking about and then you could touch on those points and share stuff and the more that you say it again and again the easier the message gets which I know you know because that's what we hear in school and it's true but uh, even for the stories that I share in spaces now I was really nervous sharing them I, and I would stumble over my words I still stumble over my words a bit but I keep kind of answering the same questions and bringing up the same kind of systems and processes that I use and so my message is getting clearer and clearer um, so I just think that might be a good outlet for you to practice and even to practice your YouTube stuff. You could even just open a space for 20 or 30 minutes, share your ideas, get it out, and then right away record. Then you've already practiced, warmed yourself up, and then you're ready to go and you have more confidence because you just practiced what you were going to say. Thank you so much, Sam. I, I appreciate that. Um, so Sam, it's two Oh six. Um, I, I know I've kept you long enough. We do have somebody else requesting the mic. I don't know if you have time for that. I have time if you do. Yeah, sure. Um, so this is based realist. I'm going to add you as a speaker. I just, you know, um, I mean, usually I have one hour spaces, but if they go a little bit longer, I know that, you know, I always try to accommodate, you know, additional questions. I hate to leave people hanging, but I don't know your name, but it based realist. Um, you have the mic. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Like always, have some issue whenever I connect. I get the access to speaker. Suddenly the voice goes off, but uh, it's good this time. Uh, I just wanted to hop in. Like, I didn't really have a question regarding that. I was just listening to. Just came out across the space through Samantha. I was like, I'll just hop in. So <laughs> don't have really as such. <laughs> Right now. That's fine. Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, it's it's funny. There's a lot of carryover in this space uh, from the people that Samantha know, and you know, I've done my best to, to follow as many as I can, 
I could. So, you know, this is the beauty about spaces. Like every time I have one and I have a guest host, um, you know, I'm able to take, you know, I'm able to gain some of, of the followers of, of the person I'm, I'm interviewing and, and the same, same goes both ways. So to me, I feel like every time I have a space, the network grows and I'm so glad. And I really appreciative about how many people joined us today. There's so many people I'm not used to, like I said, in the beginning of this uh, space, the first five spaces I hosted, it was just me and my colleagues, you know, it's like, Hey, I was like, you guys have to get in the space today because I'm going to be all alone. No one's going to be in there with me. Um, so it's grown. And and that is part of the creation. Like, you know, I started doing this. I wanted to be more of a creator. I started hosting spaces. And eventually I got to the point where, you know, I'm getting some buy-in. And it, and it, it, this is the reward for taking that step and being a creator. So I really just wanted to thank uh, Sam you for for joining me today spending an hour of your day talking about creating content i want to thank all the speakers who uh who jumped in added you know some comments some questions and also everybody else who who took some time today to to join us uh you know i'm really you know i'm very happy i'm humbled that people are in here uh you know connecting they're networking they're learning you know and that's really what this is all about uh, Sam, before I go, uh, let let people know how they can contact you. Yeah, so anyone that's here, if you want to, you could, you could follow me. You could check out my thread at the top if you want some ideas on how I've been growing my Twitter account. I still do the same things. Definitely jumping in spaces is a great way to grow your following. Um, and also, it's like I was telling Jeremy, it's a really good way to practice your message and what you want to share and and my thing right now and my niche is kind of about imposter syndrome and how creators get over it. But I didn't know it was going to be that when I started out here on Twitter. That's one of the reasons why I didn't create for a long time is because I didn't have a super clear niche. But by being somewhere, by creating, by sharing my ideas and kind of just following what interests me and what fascinates me has led me down to figuring out that I really like helping people get over their fears and take action and um, share the processes that have helped me. And so I would just encourage anyone to just keep creating and, and talk about the things that you're learning and doing and, and talk about the things you care about. Like I'm a copywriter. I do marketing. I love productivity. And I don't talk about any of those things here on Twitter, really. Like I might touch on them sometimes. I also love business strategy. I'm an entrepreneur. But I use my Twitter for the things that inspire me and that, that I love talking about instead of just talking about my everyday stuff. So I think that you're... Social media presence can be anything that you want it to be. It could be the things that fascinate you. And there's so many ways that you could share online now, like, you know, doing YouTube videos or TikToks or creating threads or sharing in spaces. Um, I think that there's, there's so many opportunities and it's, there's such a low barrier to entry to just try things out. And also I host lots of spaces, usually about mindset type things. Um, there's a link in my bio that I'm testing out this month to see if it helps people keep track of my spaces. So you could see the different spaces I'm hosting or co-hosting as well as you can add them to your calendar if that helps you. So I'm doing that this month to see if it helps because I, I'm doing several spaces right now. So it's, it's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> Indeed. And, and thank you again, Sam. This, this has been really good. Um, I'll have an archive of this next week, hopefully. Um, it's a busy week for me next week, but I'll, I'll strive to get this done because I thought this was a great conversation and it's worth, you know, repurposing. Uh, but again, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you, everybody. 
and uh, you know, grab a drink if it's uh, if you're on London time. If not, grab a drink anyway. Uh, you know, no one's gonna judge you. Uh, even though it's two o'clock in the afternoon here on Friday, I, I may be grabbing the drink right now anyway. Um, but everyone, have a great weekend. And next week we are talking about NFTs and the promotional products industry. And it's really, if you're interested in learning about NFTs, it doesn't even have to apply to my industry. But we're going to be talking about NFTs and what it means for business. Um, I'll be promoting it next week, and I would love to have you guys join. But again, thank you so much for joining. See you next week.